Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 37 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We have a great one for you today. Geez, wherever you may be, wherever you may be listening, Apple Pod, Spotify Pod, Podbean, again, however you may be listening, we're coming at you on this Wednesday we're recording, but by the time you listen to this, it'll be draft day. April 28th, Las Vegas, Nevada, you will have a resident monarch there and myself, Uh, but today, when we're talking about the draft, I'm going to be accompanied by the usual suspects, Jace, Max, and super producer Nick C. But on top of this, we have Zach Reeder, our NFL draft analyst. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Zach Reader 98 on Twitter. Zach, welcome to the pod. It's good to be here, man. I love talking draft. I love college football. So that's why I'm here. And that's why Jace asked me to come on. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, you know, we're definitely going to have a great show today. Um, but just to try to get us in the mood, typical, you know, typical question would be like, oh, let's do a draft of, you know, this X, Y, Z stupid thing to get us in the draft mood. But I'm going to I'm going to flip it since I'm going to be in Las Vegas. I'm going to have you guys tell me where's the first place I should gamble. Should I go to the sports book? Should I go to the craps table, blackjack table, roulette, baccarat? I, I need I need some advice. Where do I go first? Well, just knowing you and, you know, going to college with you, I would definitely not suggest craps. I mean, I've watched you throw away a lot of money at that table. Um, so I would not recommend that one. Um, Max, my father's probably listening. Jeez. <laughs> Big Mike, I mean, the man's cold at the craps table. I mean, he, he gets there, he, he gets yelled at by the security people because he doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I think the sports book's a safe way to go. You're a very knowledgeable draft expert. Yeah, I got to second that. I think you got to hit the sports book. You know, we were talking pre-show. They got wide receivers in the first round props and, you know, pick a pick a guy to get drafted in a certain spot. And I think that's your calling. I think you could win some money doing that. Yeah, I'll triple down on that because you got to go bet the number four overall pick on the Jets. You got to hammer somebody that you know is going to them. So You're acting absolutely. like I haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm giddy just thinking about the jets having two top 10 picks not, not tomorrow they won't oh you think they're trading for debo yes sir oh Ooh. please no well look we'll, we'll get into the episode here no need to uh to dwell on our hypotheticals uh but we we do have a great show for you today again we're gonna uh thank zach for coming on really quick and helping us out we're going to be doing our reports from around the realm, just a quick little catch up of some of the news that we've had this past week. Um, we're going to do an NFL mock draft. And then on top of that, we're going to have Max's trade corner. But before we get into the episode, there's two things that I wanted to quickly plug. First and foremost, this won't be too long. We have a Jalen Waddle signed Jalen Waddle jersey giveaway over on our Twitter. It's the pin tweet at Dynasty Monarchy. Nick C is running point on that super producer, Nick C, that is. He's running point on that operation over there. Again, sign Jalen Waddle jersey giveaway. All you have to do is retweet the post. And if you want extra entries, you can use our code monarchy at underdog fantasy. Sign up, use code, and 
you'll get 10 additional entries there. So sign Jalen Waddle jersey giveaway on our Twitter. Go check it out. Um, and then without further ado, this episode is going to be sponsored by Game Day Liner. Zach Reeder in the building. He's actually one of the partners over at Game Day Liner. He's one of the, uh, the OGs over there. So we wanted to let you have this little ad read. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually have the coolest tag in the business world. Uh, I'm the CMO and I'm the president of U.S. Tailgating. I gave myself that own tag, so <laughs> I love it. I roll with it, but honestly, it's a great product. Um, I'm biased saying that already, but I love it. It's uh, it, it goes well in trucks. We get it in Jeeps, any trunk liner as well. We're working on licenses across the country right now. We just got approved by the College Licensing Corporation, so we're finally big time. We can go into retail. Let's so go. I'm pumped up about the product, and we're just gonna we're just gonna let it ride. But we can customize it however you want, and that's kind of the cool thing about it. Yeah, it's really cool that they have these custom turf truck bed liners. They kind of, you know, your typical truck's gonna have that plastic, but this is allows you to kind of express your love for your team, your love for your office. They can customize it, and they're all handmade in the United States. So instead of it being plastic, it's turf, uh, and it kind of simulates a football field, but they can customize it however you want. And you're going to visit gamedayliner.com and use our code DYNASTY22 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's DYNASTY22 to score 15% off your order. And again, all of them are made in the United States of America. Yeah, and I want to cut in here. I think uh, it's worth saying, I think you guys had a couple, um, you know, A-lister football players buy some game day liners from you guys if you maybe want to talk about those two and maybe brag on that a little bit yeah uh I, cole Komet, he's he's been a guy that's already bought two from us for two of his different cars um he loves them he sent us a couple pictures him and his dog hanging out on the mat so that was probably the big one that we've got but we've been working through athletes and especially now with the whole uh name image likeness that's kind of been a big thing we're trying to go after as well so no it's it's unique um, there's no doubt about it, but I just think the way we can customize it is something that makes it, you know, a really good product when you're out there tailgating, drinking some beers, throwing around some hot dogs on the grill. Why not set up some chairs in the back of your truck and hang out? No doubt, man. No doubt. Absolutely. All right. With that being said, we're going to get into our reports from around the realm section. All right. We're here. Yet again, every week, the segment you all can't get enough of. Um, I do have a funeral to attend, and it is for one man named Javonta Williams. Sorry, Kev K, one of the uh, the owners in the Mike Vrabel Dynasty League. Melvin Gordon has officially signed a one-year $5 million deal. And again, I am just saying that to try to make Kev K sell Javonta to me. This really doesn't bother me in the long run, um, but I'll let you guys have the floor. You and Kev K both, uh, right when this news came out, I texted Kev K. I said, rip Javanta. Kev said, Javanta, too good. It won't matter. I said, helps that he's young, but also doesn't help that he has another running back to split carries with. He says, I don't think it makes much of a difference. So I, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter that say, go buy the dip. If there's a dip, we always talk about windows, stuff like that. Um, I think Melvin Gordon's due for an injury personally. So if anyone's panic selling, Go buy Javonta Williams um, if you can get him for, I mean, guys like I, Saquon Barkley. I mean, I'd trade Saquon plus for Javonta, honestly. Are you in the two firsts, 223 firsts for him? 
depends. I had to probably ask super producer Nixie on that one. He treats those the picks like gold. Um, but I probably would non super flex, non super flex leagues, super flex leagues. Those picks are going to be worth gold next year. Yeah. We'll get to that in the trade corner, but uh, I'd take the two twenty three first. Yeah. I'd take the two twenty threes as well. Maybe get a shot at B. John Robinson, who might be just as good, if not better. We've talked about that on this podcast, or at least Peter has a handful of times. Uh, but yeah, like Max said, if there's any kind of dip, you got to buy it. But I feel like everyone's been kind of baking in the fact that Melvin's, he was going to come back for quite some time. Now, the longer things stretched on, the more likely it seemed that there weren't other teams out there that were that interested in Melvin. So, um, I, you know, I felt like the Ravens visit was just a piece of leverage for Melvin and that's about it. So, yeah, I, I mean, go get Javante if you can, but I think his price is relatively the same. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the biggest, you guys got all these future picks and stuff with your, I mean, your guys' league's legit. I'm not in that kind of league, but I still do play fantasy football. But I mean, just watching Devonta run the ball last year, he's a guy that should be getting 15 to 20. If anything, I think it helps him out that Melvin Gordon is signed because it's just going to keep his legs fresh. When you get into that week 15 through 18 and you're late in that season, you need it for the playoffs. So I think it's actually a good thing for him. Yeah, it's something that I've actually been mentioning the last couple of weeks. I've uh, been kind of not testing a concept, but kind of bringing it to the forefront more is that some players are just positive narrative players. Guys could, you know, I'm not going to get into hyperboles here, but they could literally split snaps all year. And the narrative is, oh, he's got fresh legs versus a guy like Miles Sanders could split snaps all year and everybody would be like, ooh. So, the positive narrative people are, are the people you kind of want to go out and get because they're not going to depreciate uh, if some bad news comes rolling around. See, but the thing with Miles Sanders is he splits snaps with Jalen Hurts and another running back, and he's still not good. This is true. All right. We're going to get moving on to our next report from around the realm. We see Arizona picks up Kyler Murray's fifth-year contract. Super producer Nick C decided to put a duh at the end of that. You know, it's a pretty, it's a duh for me as well. I, I feel like he ends up playing. I feel like he talks a big game. He'll be in, in Arizona for a while, and they'll end up finding a way to pay him. Listen, if Dak got paid off of the shattered ankle, Kyler will find a way to get paid. But that's, that's the star paying Dak. I don't know. I think they draft wide receiver today, but we'll see. I think he's worth, uh, in fantasy, he's worth gold. Jace, that's your boy. Kyler is my boy. He's at a, you know, the last time we saw him, he was just getting mauled by the Rams. So it was, uh, after that, it's kind of a tough time to sell Mr. Kyler Murray. And then on top of that, it's like he might sit out. So, yeah, he wasn't moving off my roster, if that's what you're referring to. Just a bad time to sell. But, you know, they signed A.J. Green again. So, uh, you know, they got a serious weapon now. And that's a lot of sarcasm in my voice. He's uh, AJ Green is washed. You know, his fantasy numbers themselves. Hey, he shows up every once in a while on the stat sheet. But if you give him the eye test, I mean, he looks like a grandpa out there. He is, uh, he's the aged one at this point. So I think if you're, you're a contender. Right. If you're a contender, is he worth rostering? Hell yeah, I think so, for sure. Like, look at his game logs. It's really not that bad. And like earlier on in his career with Andy Dalton, he was much more of a, PPR possession wide receiver guy wasn't huge in the touchdown category, but with the Cardinals, I mean, they're just sending him on go routes. He's going up for contested catches. You know, he's probably going to catch a fair amount of touchdowns if he's healthy, but 
yeah, I think if he's sitting out there, you grab him, he's going to have the opportunity. So, um, yeah, I think the Cardinals are in kind of a rebuild at this point, which is kind of like weird to say, considering how hot they started last year. But, you know, they're probably going to draft their wide receiver. We're going to see another year of development with Rondale Moore. It's a it's a young group over there in Arizona, and I do think Kyler's going to be the one to lead it. I personally am a Kyler hater. I think he's a cancer. I'm Dude, always you got to let the hate the out. Time. You got to yeah, let the I, hate I just, out. I let it out. I think he's. I actually think he's a cancer. When things aren't going good, he's going to bring it down as fast as he can. I mean, when things are going good, everything, every single player, it's going to be going good for. But I just think that he's the type of person that is never going to get that team over the hump, no matter how good the roster is. Because I still think the roster is pretty stacked there in Arizona. But how much can Kyler do when it comes to a big-time playoff game? Because, I mean, he may have been running for his life against the Rams, but he played awful as well. Yeah, I think in the fantasy, kind of the fantasy sphere, he'll be relevant until he doesn't play just because of all that rushing upside. But again, he's a ticking time bomb for me. I've, I've said it on the podcast multiple times. I don't see him lasting more than another probably four years. And there's reasons why him and his agent are basically trying to force a, uh, a deal to get done. Guys, like he's not even on his like fourth year at this. This is his fourth year. So coming into this, he's not even like needing to get a deal done. He's kind of just forcing the deal because he knows he's not going to have the legs to keep up with it. He's not going to be a, a longevity quarterback like Mahomes will be in the league another 12 years. You know, Herbert will be in the league another 12 years, but Kyler doesn't have the kind of skill set to be a long term solution at quarterback. He's more of like a mid term solution at quarterback. Yeah. And uh, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I feel like I'm missing something. I forgot the Cardinals had DeAndre Hopkins, man. And this is, you know, I've met him. I've not really met him. I've said hello to him twice since moving out here. And I just forgot about his existence. I don't know how that happened. But um, I, I really think I was sitting here saying they're, you know, part of a, they're going to do a rebuild now. But with Nuke Hopkins or Nuke Hopkins on the field, um, you know, I think they're still going for it. You know, they got a pretty decent defense. I, I think they're still trying to go for it. But I feel like so much of this season is going to depend on DeAndre Hopkins and if he's healthy. If he's not out on the field, they don't have that, you know, next level future Hall of Fame playmaker. Uh, and it's A.J. Green and, you know, 20 year old Rondale Moore like he and uh, whatever rookie they draft. So it's um, I, I feel like if they're not in a rebuild, they're very close to one, depending on DeAndre Hopkins. All right, we're going to move on to our last point here. The New York Giants are actively shopping Kadarius Tony. This came from a leak, and I believe it became valid. I think a team source might have said that, like how they mentioned that they weren't actively shopping Saquon, but they were listening to offers. Kadarius Tony, I remember when we were at the draft last year, Max, we kind of laughed when the Giants took him. We were like, who the heck is this guy? Um. But he, he had some flashes this season, looked extremely athletic. And I think in the right scheme, he could, he could really be a problem. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, he needs to stay on, on the field. Um, he's definitely had some off-the-field issues and some uh, dramatics there. Um, but if they shop him, it just it opens up the water bet for me. Peter, that's all I thought of, of Kenny G, man, going right to probably top 12 wide receiver. <laughs> so I hope they shop him and Kenny G to the moon. Okay, if he finishes top 12, I'll double the bet. 
Peter, I have a top 36. I should, I should get triple the bet for that. Well, look, you listen in the, in the spirit of Vegas, you never get paid out relevant to the odds of something to occur. So I'm not going to pay you out relevant to the odds. And that's why you shouldn't go to the craps tables, Peter. This is true. Best game in best game in the casino though. House edge, lowest house edge. Yeah, I, I love Kadarius, Tony. Like, I saw those flashes in the pan last year, and it was like you either bought in or you're like, it's just a blip. I bought in almost immediately, and I've been trying to acquire him in Dynasty. Um, I'm not willing to spend a first on him, but I have offered multiple 23 seconds to get him, and I've been shot down. So um, I feel like with the talent that we hear is coming out of 23, like, that could be, you know, he could be a second rounder per se. Um, but if he gets moved, I mean, I saw that the Packers were possibly interested. He would be a problem with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, um, he is just insanely fast and athletic. And uh, if you haven't watched his flashes, go watch him because it's, uh, I mean, he's electric. Green Bay might be the perfect place for him. Nice, quiet little town. No, no, with nothing to do. No problems to be had. That's hilarious. I, I still can't believe that. I mean, the only thing I can think, I'm with, I'm with you guys. Like, how dumb were the Giants last year to pick him with three receivers on the roster? And they thought it was all going to work out, and it didn't. I mean, we all saw the little flashes, but he's got to be in a better spot. If he's on that team still, he's not going to be anything. But, yeah, I mean, Green Bay, that might be as good of a place as you're going to get. Same thing for Waller. Like, just going there with a Hall of Fame quarterback and not a ton of options on the outside anymore it's wide open there. So that kind of might be the place he has to go. Otherwise I'm out on Kadarius Tony. Uh, something that I'm going to bring up over the next couple of weeks, I'm, I'm kind of going to start a dynasty theory. Uh, it, it isn't proven yet, but I'm going to try in my leagues that the Monarchs aren't currently in to acquire players that are on bad quarterback teams, receivers who are on bad quarterback teams for next season. Um, so especially, especially if you're a rebuilder, Let's say Kadarius Tony stays, uh, and after four weeks, Danny Danny Dimes does not look great, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's a perfect. You grab Kadarius Tony and you treat him as a sunk cost for the season. Okay, like he's gonna go ride on my bench. He's gonna go do X Y Z. Maybe he'll have some flash games. You could start him, but then next year this quarterback draft class is is absurd. And this isn't a bet for today, but it's a discount on a future player. Uh, they were actually talking about this on the Sunday Night Baseball broadcast. I'm bringing baseball and football together. A lot of these guys that they're signing from the Dominican Republic and a lot of these younger guys that don't end up going to college, they sign them at almost an 80% discount relevant relative to when they would be free agents. So if you're signing these guys early and often, and in fantasy, if you're trading for these guys earlier before they get all these quarterbacks, uh, especially because there's going to be so many taken next year, you're going to get them at such a, such a, such a discount uh, and have them for X, Y, Z amount of years. Cause these guys are still super young. Love that Peter. I do. Thanks for that info. Yeah, I know. Now you're going to use it against me and push all these guys. <laughs> uh, listen, I know how it works, but listen, I, I'm here to serve the people. Yeah, you show your hand, I show my hand. It's it's how we work, Peter. We just want to see the people do better. All right. That's going to wrap it up for our reports from around the realm section. And we are going to head in to our NFL mock. All right. This is our first mock draft. It's going to be releasing on the date of the draft as well. We have uh, NFL draft 
analyst Zach Reeder on the podcast from Game Day Liner. Zach, you and I, I feel like we, we kind of link eye to eye, but we're going to do this draft as a podcast as a whole. So we're going to do this draft as a podcast as a whole. We're going to start with Jacksonville rolling all the way to the number 16 pick of New Orleans. After that, I feel like it's borderline impossible to pick. I think outside of the top five picks, it's borderline impossible to kind of foretell the future. Uh, But outside of that top 16, we're going to just be going down some noteworthy players and where we think they might end up. Yeah, I actually wanted to mention something to you. Um, A little birdie did tell me that you're a big fan of the tight end class. Oh, I love the tight end class. Oh, it's so good. It's the best one I've ever seen. I, I love it. The tight end. Yeah, I, tell listen, you about my best friend. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think we just uh, a bolt of lightning just shot in our heads and linked. Um, <laughs> no, something that I will say, I was super upset when the Jets signed uh, Utsama, and he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, and Ty- and Conklin from Minnesota, but that that just threw away Trey McBride as taking the first tight end off the board, who was a top five receiver in NCAA last year. And not even just a tight end, top five tight end. He was top five receiver. So, no, he's that's like shades of Travis Kelsey. And it's hard to say that with how good Travis Kelsey is, but Trey McBride is that good. I personally, in my mock, I actually have him in the first round. So I'm, I'm that high on Trey McBride. Well, you guys are going to get along like two peas in a pod. All right. Well, we'll get into it for the people. I'll be Commissioner Gedalia. Welcome to the 2022 NFL Draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars are officially on the clock. So if you're bulky right now, what are you kind of thinking for the team? And this is open to everybody, even uh, Super Producer Nick C. We want to hear your opinion here, too. Yeah, I mean, to start it off, like I know the odds, I know everything's really, really changed so far from. A month ago, nobody was saying anything but Aiden Hutchinson for the first pick. And now it's been a lot more talk about Trayvon Walker. And, I mean, I'll just be straightforward about it. I love Trayvon Walker in this spot at number one. I think regardless of production, that's kind of the thing that's been hitting him is he didn't produce a ton in college. But he's got everything you need, the size, the speed. I mean, look, he went and ran his 40. He was the fastest edge guy on the 40. He had all the best agility stuff. He is as good as it gets, in my opinion. And I think the reason he didn't produce a ton at Georgia was because they had so many guys doing so many different things. Kirby Smart is the genius when it comes to zone blitzes, dropping guys in the coverage. So I think that's why Trayvon Walker didn't have the stats, but I think it's a money pick for the Jags there. Yeah, when you look at Trayvon Walker, a lot of people are saying, oh, look, that's just a smokescreen. They're going to grab Hutchinson, you know, blah, 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 blah. There's no reason for them to lie at the 101. Uh, there's no reason to throw smoke anywhere unless, you know, some team is insanely high on Trayvon Walker. Uh, something I was listening to, Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah, this past week, I won't take this as my own research. Balky used to work for San Francisco uh, in their front office, and they had a big, uh, a big kind of, weird take uh so in 2011 their draft they drafted alden smith at the seventh overall pick uh and then 
11 picks later, J.J. Watt went. And J.J. Watt was the surefire defensive end at a college at Wisconsin. And he was like the guy, you know, kind of similar to Aiden Hutchinson in this draft. But Balky has shown in, in his history that he's going to take the guy who has the higher upside. And uh, that's what we've heard about Hutchinson is he's got little arms. He's got, so it's harder for him to beat guys off the edge, especially at the NFL level where these guys are 360 pound tackles. Um, But they see Trayvon Walker and they see all these things that Hutchinson can't be. So I do think they're going to end up grabbing Trayvon Walker. Uh, He's the odds on favorite at the moment, but anybody else. Yeah, I'll agree with the experts and uh I'm a big proponent of following uh, the CBS crew in all things football, all things fantasy. I think they do an outstanding job. And uh, if you look up 2022 NFL mock drafts on Google for CBS, um, five analysts pop up. Two out of the five analysts have Trayvon Walker going number one, and there is uh, not otherwise a majority. So, uh, I mean, they are the majority amongst the five. So um, you guys are the experts. They're the experts. Everyone thinks it's going to be Trayvon Walker. Yeah, I'm going to chime in here. I do think Hutchinson, like you guys said, I mean, Walker is definitely the ceiling play. Like, I I heard something crazy. He actually ran a 40-yard dash faster than five receivers in this previous combine. So that kind of just shows you the athletic freak that he is. Um, but I don't know. Personally, if you're at the number one pick, you just want to get a surefire player. I feel like Hutchinson is as close to that as you're going to get just because of the production and stuff. People were questioning his athleticism, but I mean, he had a, he had a good combine. So I don't know. I feel like I would just go Hutchinson here, but. Yeah. A lot of people are kind of likening Hutchinson to Hendrickson from Cincinnati. Uh, They're saying, you know, this is like the kind of ceiling play. He had a great year this year. I think he finished top three in sacks, but they said, this is, you know, Hutchinson's ceiling is this guy who's, you know, not a top five defensive end in the league. He doesn't have Chase Young potential. He doesn't have Bosa brother potential. So I think that they're going to go with Trayvon Walker. Balky needs to hit this pick out of the park. Mediocrity is not going to save his job. Uh, I think I think that's kind of the direction he's going to go here. So if everybody's okay, we're going to lock in Trayvon Walker, number one overall. I will say one more thing about Trayvon Walker, though. When the odds first came out for the NFL draft picks and who's going to go number one overall, I did grab Trayvon Walker at fifteen to one because I watched oh, when I watched boy. college football this year. The only thing I thought was this is the best player in my opinion. Everybody was all over Hutchinson because that team was running to the college football playoff. He was the best player in my opinion that just didn't have the big boy stat. That's that's Yo. what it came down to for me. You got to think like random chance he could have you know walked backwards into like three more sacks just on that defense and been one sack less than uh than Hutchinson and it would be no question but it was just the lack of production that he had that scares everybody off all right uh Commissioner Goodell comes out and he says the Detroit Lions are officially on the clock the Detroit Lions so Brad Holmes is on the clock here with his front office we saw how terrible, terrible, terrible that Lions defense was last year. I think the surefire pick, they are literally going to run, sprint. They're going to do the Rocky stairs. They're going to sprint up the stairs. They're going to do everything they can to go get uh, Aiden Hutchinson and put that name on the card. Yeah, to keep a Michigan boy in Michigan, I think uh, it just makes – I like Jer- the narrative. 
Like, Jerseys would sell out in two seconds. 100%. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. If they have the chance of Hutchinson, he's a Dan Campbell guy. It all just works out for them exactly how they want it. I think at number two, if Hutchinson did go one, I think they would be conflicted on Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau. So I think mm-hmm. it would be an interesting choice for them. And that's probably what they're sitting here debating tonight in the last week and a half. Because if Hutchinson falls down there, there's no doubt they're going this pick. And I mean, I love Hutchinson. I think he's a high motor guy. He plays really hard. I think he's got really good pass rushing moves. But the only thing I worry about, and I'll actually, this is my only knock on him. He wasn't the best pass rusher on his own team in college. You think Ajabo was better? 100% I think he was better. Okay. You, I love watching Big Ten football. I watch Big Ten football all the time. Hutchinson always popped more on the screen, but I, I know for a fact you watch more football than me, so I'll believe it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the biggest Big Ten pusher in the world. I mean, I won't stop talking about the Big Ten, but Ajabo is better in my opinion. Like, it, it sucks that that happened at the pro day to him because I think we'd be talking about him right now as a top ten pick. There's no doubt about it. And he'd probably be right up here with these other three edge rushers, and it'd be pretty interesting to figure out this mock. But Hutchinson's a good player. There's no doubt about it. But I just don't think he is the best rusher on his own team. Very interesting. Yeah, I definitely – I don't have much to add. I think you guys got it more nailed down uh, than I do. But the Lions are going to pick an edge. You know, they just lost Trey Flowers. They're going to, you know, do their best to replace him. So that's 100% where they're going. I don't think we're going to see any shockers there. So that you don't think any shockers, Peter and Zach, do we think Malik Willis or Ritter or Kenny Pickett or any quarterbacks in play for them here? Uh, no chance. Zero percent. Okay. Zero. That they don't teach. I got, I, I got a 0.5% chance that it's Malik Willis just because I, I think the fan base might be pushing them a little bit to get a quarterback and they don't like Goff's just so bland. I think there's a chance. But with Hutchinson there, I mean, it's it's going to crush the entire city. It's going to crush the entire state if they don't take Hutchinson. I, I think of uh, something that you want to think about. It's a new GM and it's a new head coach, right? So there's a lot of pressure to get, you know, quote unquote, their guys in. If I'm a GM and I'm already in it's time to save my job mode, I would just push the quarterback for one more year. And I think the head coach and him are on the same page. It's a better quarterback draft class next year. You know, you're not going to be lighting the world on fire and you're probably not going to make the playoffs. You'll have a high enough draft pick where you can trade up. If you really, really like can't get one of these top tier elite guys, they will most likely have a top 10 pick just as much as my jets. So Lions fans don't come at me on Twitter, but it's just, I think that they will have a high enough pick next year that they could just take the better quarterback and delay their gratification one more year. All right. Something that I will say, I've heard some rumblings that they like Thibodeau more, but again, and this could just be pre-draft Nia smoke screens. And I, I still think the, the instant lock in is Aiden Hutchinson there at number two. If everybody's yeah, good think- with that. And I only think of Kayvon, if he's getting more love, it's probably over Walker if Hutchinson's not there. I think that's the only reason they would. I don't know why they would still. I still think Walker has more upside. But Thibodeau, I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk about him really soon. He's a beast in his own self. And those edges are really, really good, those top three. All right, so lock in Aiden Hutchinson, number two overall. 
All right, Houston is now on the clock. The Houston Texans and Nick Casario's front office are on the clock at number three overall. Commissioner Goodell is going to walk up and tell them that they're on the clock. If you're in the war room in Houston, you see all these gaping holes. This is your first first-round pick in almost two years now. What kind of move do you do? Like, I, I can understand that taking a quarterback could be an option, but they will not. They 100% will not. Do you address the offense? Do you address the defense? And the problem with this is nobody knows. If I'm them, I trade it for a King's ransom. I, it depends on who falls there. Um, but I think you just, like Peter said, delay your gratification, get a first and a second next year um, from a bad team, two first, whatever it's worth, move back in this year's draft and get a first on top of it. I don't know. It's, it's a tough way to go. Like, like you said, offense or defense, I think just keep delaying it, man. Really quick before Zach, jumps in i've heard rumors seen rumors on twitter from actual like verified nfl reporters that laramie tunsil might be on the move who is their star left tackle they might be trying to move laramie tunsil if they do move him they will i think rush 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 right up to the front akeem aquanu i believe i said that correct uh so they'll rush aquanu's uh card up there i think he's so versatile he can play guard he can play tackle and he's young on top of that he's younger like statistically speaking than the average junior coming out. Uh, he's kind of like Kyle Pitts. How Kyle Pitts like just turned 21. Uh, I believe he's 320 as well. He's a freak athlete at the combine. I could see the other offensive tackle as well. Um, Evan Neal, but I think, I think they do go tackle here. I don't think that they would take the third best edge at number three overall. Yeah. I mean, I actually wrote down needs on most of the teams, and this was the one that I had the most on. I think they have so many holes on their roster. I wrote down offensive tackle, edge, cornerback, linebacker, interior D lineman, and wide receiver. I think they have so many needs. So I agree that this could be a trade possibility right here to acquire a couple picks, get some capital in this because you got so many holes to fill. Maybe you need six picks in the first two and a half rounds in order to shore up some of those needs. But I had him staying at this one and I, I actually got him getting Thibodeau because I just, I look at Lovey Smith as a defensive guy and I think that he wants to bring in defense. I wouldn't be shocked here to see a corner as well, whether it's sauce or Stingley. I know they've been getting rumored with Stingley a lot, but I just, I don't really see the offense here. I think they stick with Tunsil and try to grab an offensive tackle in the second round. But for now, I think that Thibodeau is too much to pass up. And for a guy that loves to bring pressure and Lovey Smith, that's how he's always been. I think Thibodeau is a perfect answer. I was on a CBS article uh, by Josh Edwards, a guy that I trust. Um, same thing. I'm looking at all the team needs right now. Texans by far and away have the most team needs and the first thought that popped into my head is just move back you know take the value picks just try to fill out that roster take some shots at multiple positions and I really hope that's what they do um, you know because I think that could be a big move towards turning the franchise around but yeah other than that I mean uh, if that's what you're laying out I think they're going to stay defense too so whatever position that may be I'm all for it. That is the absolute nightmare scenario for the Jets that one, two, and three edges go in the first three picks. It, literal nightmares. Uh, there's a whole drama with Mackay Beckton and why – I'll talk about the Jets when their pick comes up. 
but I think I'm going to side with you just for the chaos. Uh, I think Aquanu is probably going to be the pick just because it's such a position of need, but I completely understand the logic. I, I think I, I can get on board with Thibodeau there at three. I've seen Thibodeau going a lot higher than uh, the offensive lineman that you just named. I'm not going to try to pronounce the name. Aquanu. Aquanu. That's the yeah, last name. I've, I've seen him go. I've seen Thibodeau go higher in most of the mock drafts that I looked at as recently as today. So that would also be in my pick. Yeah, I mean, I had three guys written down for this pick. I ended up going with Thibodeau, but I had Aquanu and Stingley were the three guys I had written down. So I think offensive tackle makes just as good a sense. If you want to get a real read on who Davis Mills is, he needs two tackles. And to see what he is, Mr. Longneck himself, we'll see what he's got. But Dude, the general, <laughs> Dougie Mills, we love him. All right, that's gonna wrap up. We have a consensus pick here at Kayvon Thibodeau for number three overall to the Houston Texans. My beloved Jets, Commissioner Goodell is gonna run up and tell him that they are officially on the clock. This is the nightmare scenario for the Jets. They needed edge so bad. They're the 32nd ranked defense in all of the NFL. Now, if they go JJ uh, from Florida State, I think I might revoke my fandom. If they take the fourth best edge rusher <laughs> at number four, who is 23 years old and had to transfer out of Georgia just to play, I think I would revoke my like fandom <laughs> at number four. You're just preparing for the worst on this podcast. Man, this would be... Dude, a J hell of a receipt if J this actually happens. J-E-T-S, just end the suffering, <laughs> please. But, uh, no, I, I think the, the logical pick here, GM Joe Douglas loves building the offensive line. There's complexities with taking an offensive line pick because they had George Fant, who played uh, at a Pro Bowl caliber last year. I believe he made the Pro Bowl. If he didn't, he finished in a PFF, like, top three right uh, left tackle grade. They're going to move him to right tackle. And then they have Becton coming back, but there's a whole drama with him and not showing up to voluntary mini camps and being overweight and his injury always coming back. See, I, I kept it pretty brief. But if they draft a Kwanu, they can throw him at guard, but they drafted Elijah Vera Tucker, who was first team all rookie last year at left guard. And then at right guard, they just got a, the all pro, all NFL, uh, all yeah, it's all pro, all pro right guard, who they was originally left guard last year in Lake and Tomlinson, and they're moving him to right guard. So there's nowhere for Aquanu to really go. But I know GM Joe Douglas and his philosophy, he'd rather have the best tackle than the fourth best edge. Uh, but I could, they had the 32nd ranked defense. For me personally, if I'm the Jets right here, I'd grab Sauce Gardner if this is the nightmare scenario but I can still see them grabbing a Kwan Yu and just, I guess, not playing him or trading Becton. I feel like if you take a Kwan Yu, you'd have to trade Becton. I mean, that seems like the, that seems like exactly what it'd be. I didn't know what was going on with Becton. I've been trying to read into it, but I have no idea. You know more as the Jets guy. Yeah. So the TLDR on Becton is he got injured. Didn't do his PT correctly, gained like 35 or 40 pounds on top of being like a massive man. He, he was expected to come back eight to 12 weeks, misses the whole season, um, and then doesn't do any voluntary workouts. Showed uh, it's like voluntary mini camp now. 
didn't show up and he's his excuse is that he's with his seven month pregnant girlfriend oh like i need to be here for my girlfriend who's seven months pregnant uh and but the whole thing is he streams on twitch every night and he streams <laughs> gta rp servers on twitch every night is he any good so, oh it's role-playing so it's like oh i gotta cut my grass and he literally gets on a lawnmower and cuts his grass in the game it's like <laughs> don't get me started on the drama it, listen it's a it's a tire fire the New York Jets are a tire fire of an organization all up in his yard. Yes. <laughs> in his real yard. <laughs> no, it's, it's, and like people have to go to their jobs. So like, if you're a police officer, you have to clock in at a certain time on the <laughs> server or you like get fired. It's crazy. It's a modded server on a computer. It's actually really cool, but we digress too much. The Mackay Becton saga is crazy. The Jets fans just want to see him out there. Cause he had a great rookie season, but his, you know, it's always been like a commitment thing and he just can't stay healthy both injury wise and weight wise. The weight is just, he's too big. I went through the jets thing too. And I was trying to figure out the Becton stuff. That's why I asked you, but when it came down to it for me, I went corner here as well, but I went singly. I'm kind of on the, uh, I think sauce has been higher on pretty much everybody's board but I'm starting to hear all these rumblings and I know it's not just smokescreen because there's been too many that a lot of teams are higher on Stingley, but he, he's had some issues the last couple of years, you know, sitting out a little bit. He was angry with the fan base. He was angry with his teammates, all this stuff. But I think Derek Stingley, as far as talent wise is the most talented corner in the draft. There's no doubt about it, but then you got to deal with the off the field issues and the just bad maturity wise. He's not hundred percent there. But I, I still think Stingley's the best, so that's why I went with him at four here. I think the Jets are a kind of team where they're going to take a guy who's rising versus falling. Uh, ever since his freshman year, Stingley's had a progressively worse and worse season uh, compiled with injuries, where Sauce has been a consistent riser over the last three seasons. Uh, and he's I'm not trying to sound dumb, but there's no other word. He's longer than uh, than Stingley, but – I'm very adamant on the sauce pick. I, I cannot see a world where from all the Jets reporters and everything that I've seen that they take Stingley at four. Nick I C, take your word for resident. it. Yeah. Yeah. Nixie, yeah. Yeah. resident tiebreaker. No, oh, no. I mean, if you're oh, no, choosing like me sauce, for the tiebreaker. Oh, no. Of course, <laughs> man. I mean, I love sauce, but I went to university of Cincinnati. So I'm actually graduating this Saturday and maybe go. sauce will be there. Maybe sauce is the keynote speaker. Well, no, I guess it's yeah. the draft. So, well, I don't know. I just like sauce a lot. I mean, the dude looks like slender man at cornerback and who's going to catch a ball over him. That's, it's kind of a completely unbiased take on my Maybe end. if he put pads on. Yeah, I was going to, you know, as the resident sauce guy, the UC guy, is this the feeling you get for sauce? Like what kind of gut feeling do you get? What do you, what colors do you see him in? Is it the Jets uni or is it somewhere else? I kind of hope it is the Jets, man. I can't, can't even lie. Cause I would cop a Jets sauce gardener jersey the Stealth day it black. comes out. Stealth hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. I I'm sorry, Zach. Like, I just, if they go Stingley, I think that's worse <laughs> than going Jermaine Johnson. 
I, I, I think, I think if they go Stingley, that like I would move. I, I would literally like, move across the country and like never be in like the area to access a Jets game. Man, I hope they draft Stingley, man. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I think, hey, I, I, I think I'm all for the sauce. Give it to the Jets fan. Yeah, right. I'm all for the sauce there. I just Stingley's the best corner I've ever seen in college football. But you're right, there has been a decline and there's been a lot of issues. So it makes sense. I think there is a lot of red flags with him, but Sauce is probably the safer pick. Just, right. uh, you know, just let for Peter me, have please. Sauce thank you. Just for this moment, because when it is Stingley, then he's going to be crushed, but he can at least look back and just this one small little victory dude, before it actually happened. Dude, if it's Stingley, cold showers for the rest of the month. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. All right. Moving on to number five, the New York Giants. Uh, personally, uh, Commissioner Goodell's going to run up and tell the Giants that they're on the clock. Personally, I, I think they go offensive tackle here now that sauce is gone. I feel like if sauce fell to five, they would grab him there. Yeah. I mean, I'm I, again, another team with a ton of need two picks pretty early here. So you definitely could see a trade again, trade down to that 10 to 12 area, acquire some picks to fill all these needs. When I went, when I got down to it with this team, I see all these needs and I didn't really see a hundred percent of fit. So I want the best overall player on the board, Kyle Hamilton. I think that he's a star and they have a bunch of safeties on their team, but I think that they can move people around and make it work because Kyle Hamilton is that good. A lot of people, it seems like he's kind of fallen off draft boards lately, like at least down a lot more than he was. Because of his 40 time. Yeah. His 40 time wasn't great, but you're talking about a six foot four safety range wise in pads in a game, I think is as good as it gets. And I think that he's, he's a willing tackler smart, high IQ football player. I love him here at five to the Giants. I think that would make all the Giants fans that I know do exactly what I would do for Stingley. But I can see it happening. I, I can see it happening. I, I think he's a great player. I'd probably find him more towards seven in my own mock for the Giants because I, I do kind of see them running him there at seven. But no, he, he's an incredible player, and I think that they can move one of those safeties down a corner or nickel. Yeah, looking at my uh, my trusty CBS guys, Evan Neal is definitely an overwhelming majority between these guys, and that's kind of a landing spot for him that I've seen for quite some time recently. So, um, you know, that's what a lot of other experts are saying right now. But um, I don't know. Once we get to this point in the draft, I feel like, you know, this could definitely be a trade scenario as well. And <laughs> it's going to be funny to see, you know, how off base we are because I do think after those edge rushers go, it's going to get crazy from there on. I, I just look at the NFL this offseason and what it brought us, and I, I'm really expecting anything tomorrow. I'm expecting Debo Samuel to get traded to, like, the division rival for all I care. I mean, it's going to be a crazy NFL draft, and I think a lot of players get moved, and I'm, I am I agree with Chase. It could be a, a situation where the Giants are like, yeah, we have seven. Why not trade five to someone who really wants Malik Willis or something? I don't know. Well, that's the optimal pick if you're trying to trade up because everybody and their mother knows that Carolina is in the market for quarterback. Exactly. Whether whether or not they go out and get Baker, you know, X, Y, Z, there's a lot of questions to be answered. But if you want to guarantee yourself a quarterback, you have to hop up before six. Yep. Yeah, so Joe Schoen, in my humble opinion, I think they go Evan Neal, uh, but I'm perfectly fine with them grabbing Kyle Hamilton here. 
I, I got no problem with offensive tackle too, because my seventh pick for them, I actually had an offensive tackle and I've been hearing a lot about how they love Charles Cross out of Mississippi state. He's a better pass protector. So I think that that's, I think offensive tackle is probably the right call at five, whether it's at five or seven, it's not going to really matter too much because there's only one pick in between. Do you think it's, do you think it's Neil or do you think it's cross? I would most likely say cross over Neil because I think they like he's the a style big dude, cross man. More. He, he he's a big, a big dude. dude. They've been known to draft big dudes in the past two at offensive tackle. So I think that, and I've been hearing so much about cross they've been linking those two together. The most yeah. I've seen of really any player. They'd have to throw him on a right side because they have Andrew Thomas on a left side. So yeah, Joe Schoen, maybe he does uh maybe he does that or maybe he goes corner or safety, but I, I think we're fine to lock in. I like cross. I, I think we could lock in cross safely. Zach thinks he would get cross later. So maybe we lock in Hamilton here. Is that what you were saying earlier, Zach? Well, I, I think Hamilton yeah. goes like on average even later than seven. Like in your so typical I, mock. The only thing with my mock draft that I looked at, like, so my next pick, I won't, I won't try to spoil it too much, but I do have a trade on my next pick. But oh. I think if the Panthers do pick at six, I think they're going with Cross. Yes, 100%. Cross or Neil, whoever's there. Yeah, so, so and I think they both love Cross, so that's why it's probably smart for them to get Cross right here. Okay, let's flip it over to Cross, then. I'm down for that. All right. Charles Cross. Coming in at number five. I want to see who the Panthers are trading to, man. Put Zach on the mic. Coming up at number six overall, the commissioner is going to come up. Roger Goodell is going to come up and tell the Carolina Panthers that they're officially on the crock. So Scott Fitterer, I believe is his name. Scott Fitterer and his front office are going to be getting to work. Yeah, I think that, well, so the trade I actually got here, I've got the Panthers trading it to the Jets. I got the, I got the Jets coming up from 10. Garrett Wilson. Six here. No, I don't even have him. I have him going offensive line, but coming up to get it before anybody snags it before 10, because I, like you said, those top three offensive linemen are different. They're way better. So I got the Jets trading up here and taking whether it's a Kamu if he's still there or Neil, whoever's still there in that mix, I don't think they're going to be there at 10. Yeah, and just knowing the Jets, I feel like if it's not a Kwanu, I feel like they won't trade up. Um, I don't even think they use their 30, top 30 visit on on cross. So maybe Evan Neal would would pop through. That That's really tough, but – this mock is going to be no trade. So I feel like we would just run the other tackle. And, you know, we've talked about it. They need all the help that they can get on the offensive line. They had a terrible bottom, I think, 10 offensive line last year. And grabbing Evan Neal here would be a, a breath of fresh air for the Carolina Panther fans, being able to protect Sam Darnold for once in his career. Well, maybe he'll see some more ghosts. Who knows? <laughs> Hey, man, I'm still not over that. Can you please stop? Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got to be offensive tackle, though, uh, for the Panthers if they're staying there. I am not buying the quarterback stuff. Honestly, that's probably because I had a trade because when I had the Panthers going down to 10, I actually had them taking a quarterback there. 
which I will say that if they're going to take a quarterback, I think it's Pickett over Wills. Uh, wow. That's that's what I'm hearing as well. Wow. All right. So that's going to be Carolina's pick. Number seven, we talked about the Giants already. Uh, so we can just run up Kyle Hamilton here, and we talked about his skill set. So the commissioners could come out and put the Giants on the clock. They're going to run a card up and give – oh, by the way, I'm sorry if I didn't mention this. It's six. It would be – in our mock draft, it would be Evan Neal. Um, and then seven is going to be Kyle Hamilton. Now, coming up at number eight, the Atlanta Falcons, they are a team that has so many needs, and a lot of people don't know what they're going to do, so they've just been mocking Garrett Wilson, you know, quote-unquote BPA, best player available, uh, and the number one receiver for that receiving core for whatever quarterback is going to come in next season. Uh, Marcus Mariota is just the bridge uh, after all. I've seen all kinds of different people going to the Falcons. Uh, but I have seen a lot of Sauce Gardner, and I know he's gone in our mock draft. So if Stingley were hanging around this late, do either of you think that would be a pick they would possibly make? Absolutely. I think, I, I think they would honestly make make the Stingley pick here. Um, you got to think about, like, they have Kyle Pitts, but they have literally no one else for this season. Um, and when you think about a year from now, Coming into that 2023 season, their receiving core would be Calvin Ridley, Garrett Wilson, and Kyle Pitts, which is very scary, uh, especially if you can get uh, like C.J. Stroud, who's been an incredible college quarterback, uh, a lot better than his Ohio State counterparts over the years. Atlanta's not going to win many games, so they are going to be throwing the ball a lot. I would love a Garrett Wilson outcome here, especially give Kyle Pitts a little bit of a rest on the double teams. Yeah, there's been – there's three guys I wrote down for this pick. I did write down a lot of team needs, but there's three guys I think in this pick that fit. I think Jermaine Johnson's definitely a chance. A hundred percent. I think Malik Willis. I've been seeing some rumblings that they've been looking at Malik Willis as well. I think that – I don't think that's going to happen, but I really – I think that this is the first chance coming up here at pick eight that Malik Willis could go. And then I actually have him taking Drake London. I've been seeing a lot of them. They love the big receivers and they want somebody that is physical. And I think Drake London fits that profile. He's probably one of the better big receivers I've seen coming out of the draft in the last couple of years. With Nightmare run after scenario the catch. for the Jets. Nightmares. He, yeah, he's, he's a big time run after the catch guy too, which is usually not the case for big guys. But I mean, he had 1,100 receiving yards last year in eight games or something like yeah. that. I think it was Jason. Yeah. I, Jason, I bonded over it. He won offensive player of the year in the pack 12 by only playing eight games. So, yeah. you know, the, the guy's a physical specimen. Yeah. Drake London was my first love this off season. I saw his tape and I was like one one And then I saw Traylon and I fell even deeper in love with him, <laughs> but I digress. I, Drake London, you know, I feel like I've seen him to the Jets almost everywhere. That's kind of something I've envisioned. But, Max, you talked about it earlier. It's been a crazy-ass year. So, I, I could definitely see him and Pitts siding up together on the offensive side. And I think I think that would be a good, smart move for them. You know, he's coming off that injury. They're not in a hurry to win by any means. So, they can let him recover and develop. And, you know, we could be looking at the next Julio Jones-esque wide receiver over in Atlanta. Whoa, high comparisons. All right. I think we give them a wide receiver here, whether it's London or Wilson. What do we think? 
if you know, quote unquote, gun to your head right now. London I've or seen Wilson. Wilson? I've seen Wilson everywhere, but I kind of, I, I kind of feel like it's going to be London. I'm going Wilson. Yeah, I'll go London. Just to screw over my Jets and give some good juju uh, on the flip side that this mock draft isn't correct, I will go with London. All right. So Drake London goes at eight to the Falcons. And then the commissioner is going to come up at the number nine overall pick for the Seattle Seahawks from the Denver Broncos. Uh, Seattle is going to be on the clock. All right, so when I look at the Seattle pick, I, I think it's pretty straightforward. It's the ultimate Pete Carroll pick. Everybody has this guy getting mocked there, uh, especially if he falls this this low is Derek Stingley. Uh, I think this is like the ultimate lock-in Stingley pick. They lost DJ Reed in the free agency to the Jets, actually, who was a, a good competitive corner. And as the NFC West gets harder and harder and harder, we know the Seattle's in a rebuild. But premier corners are going to be – so insanely important in franchises moving into the next, you know, five or 10 years with the way that these receivers are coming out of college now. So I think this is a pretty easy, like non-debatable lock with Stingley at number nine, if they don't grab a quarterback on the off chance. I, I mean, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I a hundred percent agree. I wrote next to my pick and I put an aster ground instead of Stingley's on the board. That's it. It's it's simple. I mean, you build from the secondary, I think, with a pass-happy league, and Stingley's the guy. You know, Pete Carroll's thinking about one thing as they're entering the rebuild. It's that, that old Legion of Boom days, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the defense won them games back then. That's the only success he's really had uh, being a head coach. So you know that's what he's thinking, and a great way to start is with Stingley if he's still there for sure. Absolutely. All right, coming up at number 10. Number 10, the New York Jets and Joe Douglas's front office assistant general manager, Rex Hogan, come up uh, and they're going to have a card rushing to the front uh, at the number 10 overall pick. Uh, in my brain, I think it's a it's just the easiest thing and, and some form of dumb luck that Kyle Hamilton goes uh, top five. So this player is allowed to slide to them. Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, I think, is a pretty safe pick at number 10, given the Jets incredible insatiable need for edge rusher and i think they go double defense especially because london's off the board i don't think that they take wilson for all the people out there that think that they should take wilson tell me this receiving core is really good a 6-1 Corey davis a 5 i think 9 elijah moore list 5-9 elijah moore and a list 5-10 garrett wilson not the most diverse receiving core uh when i really think about it that's why they're so keen on london yeah, I mean, I would pretty much – it comes down to Wilson or Jermaine Johnson, and I think Jermaine Johnson's probably the smarter pick right now for the way that team is set up, especially with you mentioned I didn't even look at the wide receiver height, so that kind of makes more sense. You do need a bigger guy. They can't get one because London's off the board. I think it's Jermaine Johnson. Do you think we could see a shocker Traylon Burks pick here? They're talking about they need size. Traylon's freaking huge. Do you guys think he slips farther or do you think he's got a shot here? The Jets did bring him in. I know he was on their top 30 visit. So never say never. Can I do a hypothetical here for you guys just to play some devil's advocate here? Um, If they do, let's say acquire Debo and the 49ers have their 10th pick, 
do you, we want to mock that pick or we want to just say the Jets not? won't give up the 10th pick? They okay. will not give up the 10th pick. They didn't give up the 10th pick for Tyreek Hill. Like, why would they give up the 10th pick for a like below? Like, I'm not going to call D below average, but like an average wide receiver who has a gimmick who doesn't want to do the gimmick anymore. It's true. Right. Like, no, it, it's brain dead. If, you know, they want the gimmick and maybe they do, it's a copycat league. Sal is from, you know, that Shanahan system. That's why I could see Traylon there. I mean, he was Debo and Kyle. Oh, you're just, size. you're a Traylon pusher. You're a Traylon pusher. I, I mean, yeah, I just, I, I feel like we're going to see him kind of jump up at the last second. I feel like people are going to throw that combine stuff out after they watch some more film. And, you know, I feel like he's going to jump up a little bit again. But, um, I don't know. I'm more so just thrown out as a hypothetical just because I don't know if we're going to get to Traylon and I feel like he's I, a big name we should talk about. I think for the Jets here, if if Jermaine Johnson does not fall to 10, you know, let's say he goes nine or eight or something like that, and London also doesn't fall, I could see them taking Jamison Williams. I really could. Or I could see them trading back to a team that needs a wide receiver that's sitting in the teens like the Saints. I know the Saints are sitting at 16. I, I could see them picking up – well, actually, they don't have another first – because they traded it away to the Eagles. I could see them trading back with a team that needs another for, and the Jets would get another first for that pick, plus their 2022 pick, and grab a receiver later that they'd feel comfortable with, like Christian Watson or something like that. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jamison Williams went 10 up too. I feel like there's a million different options. Okay. I think consensus, though, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it was JJ for sure. It was kind of the consensus between you and Zach. Yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. The Jets need edge. Jace, if the Jets go and get Traylon Burks at 10, then what I said at the beginning stands true. The Jets were going to jet. And that's just <laughs> like the Raiders do it. The Jets, I said the Jets are going to screw up the draft. And if they take Traylon at 10, they screw up the whole draft. <laughs> Cancel yep. the show. It's done. Let's go. I'm here for it. Now. I think, I think if burn. this is what happens, if the Jets grab Traylon at 10, I will take I buy a Jets jersey. I will yes, I will this is what I will do for the people. And an unlisted amount of money here, I'll put it in the group chat. I will put it on whatever roulette number next for Traylon Burks's number. Next table I Let's find go. a large sum of money on Traylon Burks's number. Wait, Let's Peter, go. what how much will you put so if they do trade the number 10 overall pick, um, what will you do then? Uh probably be worried for three minutes until I find out the details of the trade. Gotcha. All right. Like you spoken like a true fan. Um, coming up at number 11, the Washington commies, the commanders roll up and they, uh, commissioner Goodell comes out and puts them on the clock. Uh, I think it's a brain dead answer here. It's Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's pretty safe pick. They're looking for wide receiver desperately. And then they link up the two Ohio state brothers. Three. Yeah. I've yeah. got, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I got Chris Olave. I, really? I, I think that I've seen. You a think he goes rumors. over, over Wilson. I think that there's been, there's been a ton of rumors that they want to pair McLaurin with Olave because they played at Ohio state together. Garrett Wilson never played with McLaurin because he was a little bit younger. And I think Olave is a perfect counter to McLaurin. And I don't know if Garrett Wilson is, because I think Garrett Wilson's a lot like McLaurin. And I think Olave gives you a little bit different of a wide receiver out there. So that's where I lean on that one. 
Olave is more of like a racer speedster. While, yeah, but he, uh, while... he, he's very he's very technical, and Wilson's like Wilson's not technical, like, but he's he's just a good route runner, and he's got really good hands. And the 50-50 ball is exactly what he wants. Like he he loves that, even though he's short, he loves the fifty fifty ball. This is the Henry Ruggs pick. Yeah, um, real quick, I've been seeing a lot on uh, Twitter and stuff like that, just about the the commies, as Peter likes to call them. Taking a running back, though, um, I know they used the most first their first top thirty visits on running backs. Um, I think they visited with Spiller, Walker, and uh, Brees Hall. So, I mean, just if you're listening to this before the draft and you own Antonio Gibson, I would sell. I would. Scary, scary times. It is scary times. Yeah. Zach, I like a lot what you had to say, man. Like personally, us as a fantasy community, I think more often than not, people have Wilson higher than Alave, and usually it's by a good tier. I would say, especially fantasy wise. I mean, I think Wilson projects more as an alpha, and professionally, I think Olave would be a great number two. You know, possession guy, always creating separation. But you know, Wilson is just—he just runs with reckless abandon, but it somehow like turns into a crisp route, and it's just like his body control is just insane. So I think either one of those wide receivers would be um, a good fit. I think Olave would be better just professionally as a number two to take away pressure and um, just separate and be stable. But for me personally, if Olave ends up over there rather than Wilson, I'm feeling a lot better about Mr. Terry McLaurin and fantasy. Whereas if Wilson lands over there and he's going to be splitting time with Carl Wentz throwing the ball, Plus, I still really like Curtis Samuel. I think things could get really messy for Terry uh, if it's Garrett Wilson there over Alave. Who's this uh, Carl Wentz guy you speak of? Carson Wentz. Oh, Carson. Not yeah. Carl. <laughs> Not Carl. I call, I, Pat McAfee calls him Carl, and now I have it uh, I have it lodged in my brain. He's so much more of a Carl than a Carson. He really is. I'll give him that. <laughs> I like that. Wailing around. All right, at number twelve, uh, the Minnesota Vikings are. Oh, wait, who is who are we our consensus in? pick? I I like the Olave pick quite a bit. How do you guys feel about that? I think I can do Olave there. I can get behind it. I, I think it's a true toss-up, honestly. But I just I, I've seen too many rumors with the Olave stuff. That's why I'm jumping on that. I, I like the professional side of what you're talking about. They've played together. You know, they've been on a field together. They've communicated in game together they he's never terry's never had to do that with um, wilson and you know they're both ohio state guys it's gonna be crazy curtis samuel ohio state guy terry ohio state guy and either one of these two wide receiver got uh ohio state guys so um i, I like what you said about how they've worked together before and they're going to work together again yeah i think moving on now we see the minnesota vikings come on the clock with their new general manager new head coach uh from the, the rams I think if if Wilson falls this far and I'm the Vikings, I would take Wilson because then that guarantees your receiver room for the next, you know, seven years is incredible. Yeah, I honestly I can't sit here and I would agree. I actually had sauce going right here anyway. I thought he fell down to 12. I know they need cornered. They need corner desperately, but this next tier of corners is a little shady, especially with Andrew Booth getting that cleanup surgery. Yeah, so I would agree with you. It's probably, with the way the board shakes out, it's probably a good call for Wilson here. 
I, I really like that logic, though. I mean, Thielen's getting older. Dalvin Cook's getting older. Like, they're going to be in a rebuild before we know it. So I think Wilson's a really, really good pick. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. If Wilson's still on the board here, he's got to go. If you compare that with Jefferson, I, I mean, that's really nice. All right. At third, now we uh, move on to the Houston Texans back for their second pick. And again, we are going to be going up to the 16th overall pick from the New Orleans Saints here. So when we look at the Houston Texans coming up again, they filled their offensive side. Uh, sorry, they filled their defensive side of the ball with Kayvon Thibodeau. I feel like they would go offense here if they got the chance. So I think this is either going to be the run on wide receivers that everyone's super scared of or could possibly be like a Trevor Penning XYZ offensive tackle. Yeah, it's probably with it shaken out how it has, I would assume that it would probably be a receiver. Like I had a trade right here and I thought that it was good for them to move back, get capital, fill all these positions. That's why I had the Chiefs trading up here to catch that last receiver before the run on it because I thought the Chiefs would be desperate with their four picks in the top 62. But if it's not and the Houston Texans make this pick, Jamison Williams would probably be a good fit. Maybe one of the – maybe an offensive tackle like you mentioned. I don't even know if we've had a Conwu actually off the board on our mock yet. I don't think we have now that I think we about not. it. We have not. Yeah, it'll yeah. probably be a, a Conwu then. I could, see a Quan, I could see a Kwanru here. I'm all for that. He's, this seems like a best player available, and you have all these team needs. Like they, they don't care who it is. They'll just take the best guy, and if he's there, it sounds like he'll get taken. It's, hot, it's rough that he kind of fell this far, just the way that the draft kind of f- fell for him. But I, I don't know. I, still, I think he would actually end up finding his way here, uh, and then they would trade Laramie Tunsil. Let's let's hit it. I, I'm here for it. You know, it, you know all the consensus stuff that's going to get thrown away right after like pick two or three, and people yep. are going to start panicking, and trades are going to get made, and all yep. the consensus mocks we've ever seen are going to be the worst thing you've seen. So it's maybe a shocker he made it this far, but I, you know, I feel like we got a pretty good handle on what these teams might actually do come draft day. Yep. All right, and then number fourteen comes up. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I think this one's like a set in stone uh, Calais Campbell and then Wyatt from Georgia. I think this is just as easy as they come uh, for me in particular. I just look at the one need that team has in its interior defensive line and why not go get a guy that's nearly 400 pounds and is a freak of nature and proved it on a national stage this year. Yeah, I like the interior defensive line. What, did you – uh was it jordan davis is that the one you wanted yeah did i say wyatt yeah oh my bad i thought I was, uh, isn't I was Wyatt the other one guy, yeah Wyatt's the other guy from georgia is smaller but i had jordan davis down here and i circled it and i didn't write anything else next to it again yeah it's perfect calais campbell and you got michael pierce in the middle for baltimore you need a younger guy to spell those old guys Jordan can, Davis is that guy. Can you imagine him and Calais Campbell walking off the bus together? Right, tip over. <laughs> I think I think if both of them stood on the steps at the same time, the bus actually would like lean significantly. <laughs> I'm sure, like get off, get off, damn, get off. Yeah, I'm pulling up his draft profile really quick. Four seven eight forty yard dash, 
which is absurd. Six six three forty one. Just he he's 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 going to bully centers all across the National Football League for years to come. And I, it's the last piece for the Ravens. I'm sure you've seen the relative athletic scores that have been all over Twitter. And I think yeah. he was one of the very few that had 9.99. So, like, he's he's a freak for his size, no doubt. All right, we'll lock in Jordan Davis at 14. At 15 comes up. Uh, the Eagles have a lot of needs, but receiver is one of them. Now that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is a tight end, for any of those out there that saw, I think this is a slam dunk home run Jamison Williams pick. I just feel like that's another small guy just like Devonta Smith. I mean, I don't know. You got two little guys running around with a quarterback that can't throw the ball. I don't like the it. Big, the big guys didn't work. It's true. From from the beginning of this whole thing, I haven't had a strong gut check about any of these picks, really. Traylon Burks to Philadelphia has been stuck in my mind since day one. It would kill his fantasy stock. It's been something I've been manifesting because I have a 107 in our Mike Vrabel league. And I think if he landed in Philadelphia, he would land to me. I see him with the Eagles on his home, and I think this is going to be their pick here. I could uh, see it. You know. I could see it. I just know how Howie Roseman decides things. They're probably I a little gun shy. But, I mean, he's just, for what they need in that offense, run first, kind of scheming everybody open. I mean, you can put him in the backfield slot outside. I feel like he's just a perfect professional fit for them. It would just kind of pro- suck for fantasy until Jalen Hurts gets out. Of the it. the first four weeks of the season, the first four weeks of the season, the Eagles passed a lot. They did. They did. Right. And uh, shout out Mario from New Jersey, avid, avid Birds fan, has told me they want to pass the ball next year. And this is a positive scenario for any receiver that gets drafted there. So 100% by the dip. So either these, these are the two options, either a Jalen hurts is able to pass the ball at an efficient mark this upcoming season. And these receivers are fantasy relevant. Okay. Or B they have two first round picks next year in a loaded quarterback class and can trade up and go get a rookie and these receivers trade like value will go up. So this is a positive outcome, no matter what Buy the scared people on this dip. Cause it's either a, the receiver is relevant this year or B the receiver is relevant next year. Mm-hmm. I, I love whoever's going to end up here, whatever wide receiver ends up here. Cause I do think they're going to add one. I, whoever it is, it's going to be such a discount come draft day, but you know, Hertz could be gone in no time whatsoever, as you just said. So I really feel quite strongly about Traylon here, but Zach, I don't think you've spoken yet. So what, what do you have? I mean, I got Jamison just because it's Jamison Williams, and I don't think – I don't see teams passing up on him after. I, I know the fit-wise, it's pretty similar to uh, Smith already there. So that's a little bit of a concern. But how I look at it, First of all, I'm the biggest Jalen Hurts believer in the world, and I don't know why. Dude, why is <laughs> this guy him. me? Why is this guy literally me? For real. I, I really don't know why, but I love him. And I hope that he does well. But if he doesn't, and you said nightmare situation, they're bad this year. They go trade up for a quarterback next year and get either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. If you have Devontae Smith and Jamison Williams for one of those quarterbacks and they walk in day one, like – jackpot like you're, you're you're perfect I mean I don't think Burks is a bad pick either I think both of them are you got to go wide receiver here 
I just love Jamison Williams. That's my guy. I'd be a fool not to mention. He is such a good gunner on the punt team, too, and I love it. He, he lays people <laughs> out. That's where he got that targeting call. And I can't remember which game it was, but I think it was the Auburn game. It was the Iron Bowl. He got a targeting call. But I love him out on special teams, and he always tries to fight his way out onto it. So I think he's just a good team guy for anywhere he goes to. Nick Sirianni would love him. I'm with J-Mo. Uh, I, I'm, I could be convinced of J-Mo because, too, I feel like uh, Eagles guy, that the speed always kind of wins out. I always think about Deshaun Jackson, his glory days. Uh, wearing the Eagles uni so I could see them kind of looking for some spree some speed on the outside to play off of that uh, play action um, and you know heavy run game that we saw towards the end of the year so I think Jameson's been a high riser and Burks has been a faller so I, I could totally see Williams over Burks here lock it in all right we're locking in J-Mo Jameson Williams here and our last pick that we're going to do number 16 the New Orleans Saints from the Colts through the Eagles this this pick has been passed around more than Russell Gage has over the last couple of seasons in dynasty, <laughs> but no, the, uh, the saints here, I think it's uh, I think we got our first quarterback here, Zach. I think it's a Kenny Pickett show here. Uh, I, I just don't see them taking defense. Don't see them taking, you know, a receiver here super late after the run on receiver goes. You don't like the guy eating dubs, Winston? <laughs> you don't believe in him? Uh, no. Oh. I love I love Jameis. I love Famous. I love Famous with all my heart. But I just don't think that they are about him like that. He's a great bridge quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Listen, he got LASIK. He looked good. But I don't think he – shut your eyes for a second, Zach. And this is for all the audience members out there. If you're not, you know, piloting something, close your eyes. Can you see the Super Bowl Lombardi trophy shaped confetti falling down in black and gold and silver on him as he hoists the Lombardi? Yeah, no. I see him winning MVP. Oh, that's so, <laughs> you know that you cannot visualize that. It's so true. He cannot win it all. I don't think that he can win it all, and they understand that. He's not going to be a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen-level quarterback that you need to win games uh, in the NFL, especially playoff games. Uh, so I think they'll go take a shot at Kenny Pickett. But, listen, I'm open to, to hearing you out. Comeback player of the year, MVP. It's going to be a breakout year for Jameis. So they're <laughs> going to be good, and this is why they're going to get – they're going to get a right tackle. They lost um, – they lost their tackle this offseason. Armstead. Armstead. Yeah, Armstead's gone. They go get Penning here, who's kind of a mauling run blocker, but has he has some deficiencies in pass blocking, but overall he's pretty solid. So you add him on the end, and I think it helps this run game and this play action game a ton. And that's why Jameis is going to be good. He's got his, he's got some receivers out there. They're going to go pick something up later in this draft. But I think Penning's kind of a I think it's a good pick here. I could get on board for Penning. Penning was one of the guys that I highlighted during the senior bowl. You know, he's little screws loose. One or two screws are loose there. But uh, if you can button him up, uh, I, I think he'd be really good. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of mocks taking a wide receiver here. I don't know with who we got on the board. I haven't heard any rumblings of trail on there. I haven't heard any of Justin Ross or George Pickens or anything like that. And I don't think those guys would even go this high. 
Um, yeah, I, I get the feeling that they're, they might take a shot at quarterback here as well, but I don't know, Zach, you laid a pretty convincing argument out there. I think Jameis is just on a one-year deal though. Isn't that right? Yeah, I think he is. I mean, it makes, it, it does make sense with quarterback here as long as you can get a tackle a little bit later that you're confident in, but I just, I don't know. I think Jameis is going to have a good year, and I think they're going to sign him back. But if you're trying to do that, let's give Jameis this year and work in a quarterback type of deal, then it's probably a good call to take Pickett here or whoever's on the board. If it was quarterback here, first quarterback off the board, you have Pickett going first, or would you have Willis? I'd have Pickett. I think it's a better fit in that offense, yeah. too. He's, he's very Drew Brees-esque. Yeah, small hands. Just hand. his play style. <laughs> Drew Drew didn't have the biggest hands, man. That was a thing for him. Oh, I think he had he tiny like 5'11", hands. Eleven, man. Yeah, he was he was shorter, dude, smaller hands. But uh, so you know, maybe he's the second coming. But yeah, I, I really feel quarterback here. And if you guys like Pickett here, I'm all for that. I think we go Pickett at 16. Let's rip it. All right, that's gonna lock out our draft. We will go over some notable players really quick and just where we could possibly see them landing. Uh, just two seconds. But first, Jacksonville goes. Trayvon Walker, Detroit goes. Aiden Hutchinson, Houston goes. Kayvon Thibodeau, the Jets go. Sauce Gardner, the Giants go. Charles Cross, the Panthers go. Evan Neal, Giants again go. Kyle Hamilton, Atlanta goes. Drake London, Seattle goes. Derek Stingley, Jets go. Jermaine Johnson, Washington goes. Chris Olave, Minnesota goes. Garrett Wilson, Houston goes. Akeem Aquanu. And then Jordan Davis goes to Baltimore. Philly chooses Jamo Williams, Jamison Williams. And then 16, New Orleans Saints pick Kenny Pickett. That's our full first 16 pick mock, half mock uh, for the 2022 NFL draft coming up here. Notable players we missed. Christian Watson, ideal landing spot. Kansas City or Buffalo. I think that's going to be all these receivers. Yeah, it's, it's got to be it's got to be Kansas City or Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Green Bay. Well, Traylon Burks, you think either Chargers and then Eagles back up on Chargers. the Chargers? You think he goes? I love. All right. I would love him on the Chargers, but I could see him slipping in the second round and a team trading up for him at like thirty-five. All right. So two notable um, wide receivers for sure. What about uh, Brees Hall? Mm-hmm. I think Brees Hall could find himself at 25 to Buffalo. I think that would excite a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's kind of the move, what I've been seeing. If he doesn't go there, he's probably going to get into the second round. Yeah, all these running backs, I think we've talked about it on the podcast. There's Miami, there's Buffalo, uh, there's Seattle, and maybe like one or two other places where there's no guaranteed RB1 that would be a – like plug-and-play fantasy asset. Uh, so the running backs are going to be very limited. They're going to need to find a very good destination for them to be fantasy relevant coming up in the season. Where do we uh, – where, where it's a gut, what's the gut feeling on uh, Malik Willis? Where do we think he's going? I, personally, I feel like I can see him in the Steelers' uni. Yes, sir. I could see him in the Steelers at 20. I don't even think they'd have to trade up. Yeah. I, no doubt. it's Tom, Tomlin has had a non-mobile quarterback for way too long, and it's about time to get the guy that can run around. <laughs> no doubt. That, no put doubt. that offense in hyperdrive. All right, that's going to wrap up our 2022 mock draft. All right, so we're going to get into Max's trade corner. Max, you have the floor. 
Thank you. In this draft weekend special. Thank you, Peter. Um, I brought two great points to the table. Um, one, super producer Nick C actually helped me bring to the table, and I'm going to start that one off here. Um, was trying to work a trade with Nick C. He had uh, Kyle Pitts in a super flex league. Really wanted to get Kyle Pitts and lock up that tight end position for years to come. And I, I mean, to get Kyle Pitts in any any league, it's like Jamar Chase. It's like these guys like Jonathan Taylor. You're going to have to overpay. And I thought I really was, you know, I was offering uh, David and Joku, Travis Etienne, a 2023 first, a 2023 first and a 2023 second. And this is in super flex. And it just leads to me to my point that I personally think that's an instant overpay. If I had Kyle Pitts, I get Nick C's like competing stuff like that, but these players, like they're great and stuff, but just the amount of assets that I'm giving up, like you have to understand that like some players are not untouchable. And I'm not like calling out Nick C. I'm not calling out anybody here, but there's some people, you know, like I'm going to call out people actually. Peter like thinks Elijah Moore is untouchable. And Max, Max, I could not allow myself to trade him and him be good. Cause the, the, like if he was good and he was like the only Jet receiver to like ever be good over the last like 45 years, like think about the Jets receivers. Like they had Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker for one season. This guy is like super young and super talented. Like I'd never be able to forgive myself. And I know that I'm not taking these overpays. I, I, I do get that Peter, but I also understand that if like you're banking on like a hypothetical that he could be this great receiver, he could also pan out and just be like a good receiver, you know? Um, and if he's just like, a, if he becomes a great receiver, the cool thing is you can trade for him back. There's a lot of times where I trade away a guy for two firsts or whatever, then I the price goes down a little. I buy the dip for like a first and a second or something like that. Um, so I just I want everyone to be aware that like, yes, I know everyone has like their guys and stuff like that. Don't be afraid to overpay for your kind of guy. And also, if you're if you have a certain guy, no one's untouchable. Like I hate when I come to people and I'm like, hey, what's the price on Jamar Chase? Like I offered this guy in my league Waddle. It was a joke, and he still said no. It was Waddle, DK, and CD for Jamar Chase. And he said he still wouldn't do it. So, <laughs> I mean, there's people like that. And it just, it makes me question. Can like, you, Can you sign me up for your clown league? You're already in it, actually. Oh. <laughs> um, it's uh, a person that has Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. He said no to those three. He said he still wouldn't do it. Um, so, it's like that analogy you like to use, Peter. Like, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Um it really, it baffles my mind when you got people like that turning down that hall or, I mean, Nixie, yours is more reasonable than that one, but 223 super flex first, a young running back, a young tight end and a second for a young tight end without a quarterback. I thought it was a pretty fair offer. Um, definitely thought I was an overpay, um, but I just thought I'd, I'd like put that out there just so that if you guys know somebody that has a player and they're like, oh yeah, he's untouchable. Don't even, it's not even worth trying because if you're going to joke around and like I jokingly offered him CD, DK, and Waddle, and he still said no. And that just made me more mad. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that, but I think you'll always try to talk yourself out of deals. And to Max's point on an earlier episode that I learned, you have to not let people have the time to talk themselves out of a deal, especially in overpay. Like you have to make them pull the trigger instantly on an overpay. Yeah. I, I think what you said is good to you. You'll always talk yourself out of a deal. I, I think too, what people get locked into in dynasty all the time. 
and I struggle with it well uh, as well. Max tried to come get pits for me earlier this year, and I was like, dude, I just like, I just got him. I don't know if I can let him go. It looks so nice on my team. Uh, but you know, and I was, he was offering me a bunch of picks for it. You know, um, we didn't really get too close to the negotiation table, but we were still talking, floating around like five first round picks. And I was still hesitant. You got to think about, and I'm talking to myself here as well. Those picks don't have to be on your roster forever. You can move those around and turn those into different things. And you can turn that into different things. And I think what it all boils down to is keep your roster fluid, keep every asset on your roster fluid. You know, um, if you got em empty bench spots and people, want, you know, they want to throw in a David Johnson or one of these, a Melvin Gordon, keep your roster fluid. Even if you're rebuilding, keep that 28 year old, just put them on your roster. You can turn them into a second, maybe down the road. So um, I, I think that's a really good point. And if you get overwhelmed with a deal that, you know, might force your hand towards a rebuild, maybe you just take all the assets and go rebuild because then you can, you know, run a longer dynasty in the future. Um, rather than maybe just a championship right now. Yeah, that was very well said, Jace. A, a plus for the day for sure. Um, Let's go. I mean, that was that was very well said. And I, I that's, know that's a man who learns. So he he absorbed the knowledge and then internalized it. That's incredible. I, I had a personal example, and you know, I feel uh, that was a breath of fresh air right there. I learned a lot about myself right there, Teacher Max. Good, good. I'm really glad. And, you know, I, I, a lot of people do fall victim to talking themselves out of trades. I mean, Nixie and I were just joking about it the other day. Like, if I give Nixie more than five minutes, the man's going to think about all these bad cases scenario. Nixie will think that Debo Samuel will get hit by a bus or something and that he won't be worth anything. Like, he just always thinks the worst. And in my mind, like, I definitely fall victim to that as well. But I also, like, fall victim to, like, okay, what if he actually becomes, like, what if Debo Samuel goes to the – Packers or something like that <clears throat> and I could I don't Peter but it's like I got him for segueing in but it doesn't matter like what if DK Metcalf goes to the Packers or someone like really good you know like the value that I'm paying it's only going to go up and then I could flip them for somebody that's going to buy the news right then and there um, and like Jay said like none of these guys can be complacent on your roster I think the worst thing to do in life um, is be complacent at a job at any friendship any anything really like you always have to keep growing and always keep internalizing your roster. Max, I'm complacent with you. You're just kind of there, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and there, there's some people that just, you know, like I'm not saying you have to be a dynasty nerd to win the fantasy football championship. I mean, you have to put in the time and the effort, uh, but there's some people that they don't care about the off season. Um, they'll show up, they'll set their lineups, they'll pay their dues. Um, but to them, it's just kind of like a glorified redraft, and that's fine. One more here before we go. It was actually a trade I pulled off with Nixie, um, and it just goes to show, like, you don't want to show your hands too early in negotiations. Um, Nixie, Nixie, get ready to bite the bite a towel because he's just going to show you how he screwed you over. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I, I feel bad. I'm, like, kind of dogging on Nixie right now. Um, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't feel too bad, but uh, – so Nixie was like saying how Kevin offered him like a trade for 101 for Debo. And I mean, in, in my mind, it's like that, that pick, the value is only going to go up. I mean, before the draft, whatever it is. Um, so in my mind, I was like, you know, I have Kevin K's first round pick in 2023. I know Nixie really likes that. Um, so it's like, if I could trade Nixie Kevin's pick and then a little more on top and get Debo and then give Debo to Kevin, which then makes his pick more worthless. 
it's just to me, it's kind of like Nick C sees it as a really good top three pick, but then he doesn't see the next move I'm going to make, which is give Kev Debo, which then will make the pick a little more. I mean, I get Kev could still finish top three. Kev, I love you, man, if you're still listening. Um, but it was just more of like Nick C showed his hand. I knew what he wanted, what he was looking for. I gave him that and then kind of bit him in the ass with like the information that he gave me. Listen, as, as Mario from New Jersey says, you can't give away alpha. You can't give away your like your alpha to other people. So hold all your cards close to the vest until you're ready to strike. Like no, no doubt, but never mock draft with your friends. As fun as it sounds, uh, never ever mock draft with those that you were going to draft with. Do not mock draft with the do, three of us. If we ever do a mock draft, <laughs> do not join because it is going to be the worst possible thing for you. Yeah, you won't learn anything. Uh, if you're drafting with people, don't draft anyone. You would actually draft, push people up the board, screw up the draft order because I just – I think I talked about this in one of the recent pods. Did a mock draft with some friends, fantasy baseball. I got sniped the pick before me. I can't even count how many times. And it was uh, the most miserable draft experience I've ever had. So don't show your cards in a mock draft. Nixie, I want to give you count time to like – what was your thought process on that trade? Yeah, so for sure. I definitely agree with you, like, saying that the information about the 101, that's definitely gives you the the power in the deal. For me, like, I was thinking about that trade with Kevin, but, like, I, w- I don't think I would have made that trade, to be honest, just because I'm not a huge fan of the 101, even in a super flex league. Like, let's say Malik Willis goes to the best spot or whatever, and you want to pick Malik Willis, that's fine, like, I, Malik Willis, he's not going to, in my mind, he's not going to be a world beater top three quarterback. So like, I'm fine. Like I was never going to do that. But plus, like when I was going to make that initial trade, I would, Kevin just wanted me to add a menial running back like Khalil Herbert or something to Debo. And I think you ended up paying Ridley plus a second onto Debo for the 101 which just to me, I like, I don't think I would have ever done that type of trade. So, but I, I agree with your thought process though. I mean, I understand definitely can't be given out that info, but to me, I wasn't, I didn't value one one like you're valuing it. So that's kind of where I was at. With that. Yeah. So overarchingly our, our overarching lesson for today in Max's trade corner is that don't give away your information. And even if you are going to give away information, lie. Fib. I, I would Fib. say that. oh, that's, that's a great word. And then that's also, a great word to make you feel better about it. It is. It's like kind of like cute. Absolutely. And also just <laughs> never get complacent. Never like just be fine with your roster. Always be trying to get better. We talk about this on the episode a lot. Um, but I really like how Jay said it. Like if someone's offering you five first for Kyle Pitts, take the five first. I don't care if Kyle Pitts puts up. 25 points a game it's not gonna matter when you have five like those like imagine if those picks i get it's a slight possibility but are like picks one through five in this year's draft like would you rather have kyle pitts or Brees hall wilson olave like spiller like of course you'd rather have the five players you know so uh, don't look at jace get- too hard i think jace would still rather have pitts uh no i would i mean i'm just sitting here thinking if you get all those picks down the road, depending on what you do with them, you could probably get pits back for even cheaper, depending on how things play out. So, you know, 
rarely is anyone worth five firsts. And, you know, uh, I'm not going to get into a whole shebang about it. If you get offered something that's just overwhelming, you, you just got to do it, uh, you know. And trust your gut. Like, it, it's Dynasty fan. Like, Jamar Chase is great. He's a, a generational talent. Is he worth Waddle, CD, and DK? Absolutely not. <sighs> totally. Makes okay. <laughs> Sounds like Max is upset. And you know what? I, also, I'm upset. I'm upset that this is going to be the end of the episode. Wanted to thank everybody for making it to the end. Uh, wanted to send a special shout out to Zach, who's still here. Zach Reeder, uh, our draft analyst for today's episode. Zach, thank you so much for coming on and, and uh, being able to share your insight with us. Yeah, absolutely. It was a blast. I'm, I'm already learning things from you guys at the whole dynasty thing. I've never been in one and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about deals now and I, I got to get in a dynasty league. I'll tell you what, I got to. Be good hey, out to you. We'll hit you up. We'll hit your line coming up and maybe we can get you in a dynasty league. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys letting me on. Uh, it's been a blast talking about college football players and seeing how these guys shake out. It's one of my favorite things to see when come draft week. All right. Again, that's going to wrap us up. You can follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Nick C does a great job. Uh, and I did want to say a special shout out to Nick C, who is graduating this Saturday, if you didn't hear from the beginning. And he's going to be joining us full time. Uh, this was actually his first full time uh, spot as a producer on the pod. So, again, we really wanted to send our appreciation out to the University of Cincinnati, as well as Nick C, for allowing him to get credits while uh, working on the podcast with us. On top of that, Next week's episode will be out in a timely manner back to Wednesday schedules. And we have one last thing for Max and then we'll call it a night. Dixie, I love you so much. Um, you know, first episode on had to give you a little, a little bit of a hard time. Um, if you are still listening to this, this me megathon episode that we have on draft day, you're just itching for fantasy football. Um, I want you to DM the pod. And if you DM the pod and you DM us the word donkey Kong, you will get an extra 15 entries into the poll for the Jalen Waddle jersey. So if you're still listening, I want to know who our really loyal fans are that listen all the way till the end. If you are, DM us Donkey Kong, and I will give you 15 extra entries. So, that, so hypothetically, you could DM us Donkey Kong. You could apply for Underdog and retweet the post and have 26 entries on a 40-entry post and literally have – more than half and get a Jalen Waddle jersey. So if you're listening, Donkey Kong, underdog code, boom. I love it. I love All it. Right. Real quick, Zach, what wide receiver did the Chiefs end up with? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm hoping they trade up and get Wilson or Olave. Okay. But if they stay put, I'm I'm risking it. Christian Watson. Boomer Bob. All right. I'll go for it. You heard it here All first. Right. Christian Watson will be the next Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver. That's going to be all from us. Again, thank you to all of our sponsors. Thanks to Game Day Liner. Again, shouting us out on Game Day Liner, as well as SeatGeek and Underdog. All right, peace out, everybody, and we will have another episode after the first round, live from Vegas. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>